I've been looking forward to this conversation for the last uh, 24 hours since we booked it. Uh, Monday night, Politico revealed that they had obtained an initial draft majority opinion written by Justice Alito, which revealed that the Supreme Court will likely strike, strike down Roe versus Wade. And the story is not only dominating headlines in the states, but around the world. Conversations at dinner tables are all about what's going on in the um, our, our closest neighbor in our backyard in the United States of America. Famous attorney and champion for women's rights, Gloria Allred, joins the Kelly Cutrera Show. Gloria, it's my pleasure to have you back. Uh, it's unfortunate that we're talking about this, but it's an important discussion to have. Yes, I agree, Kelly, and thank you very much for inviting me. Walk us through what happens if Justice Alito's opinion prevails in June. Well, this is a draft opinion. It is likely to change somewhat in the language of it, but nevertheless, when the uh, this, the opinion becomes a final opinion, it is likely to be the opinion of the majority of justices of the U.S. Supreme Court. And that means that Roe v. Wade, if this opinion doesn't significantly change, will be completely reversed, uh, undercut, struck down, and it will have a catastrophic, a devastating, a dangerous impact on women and girls. It means that uh, uh, the decision about whether or not to uh, eliminate legal, safe, affordable, available abortion will be up to each state. And about half of all of the states in the United States have already decided that, uh, at least the legislators in those states, uh, have decided that they are going to eliminate abortion. And uh, that is legal abortion, because, of course, women in those states are not going to be stopped from getting abortions. Many of them won't. Some of them will, uh, because they will simply then uh, try to travel to the other half of the states, like California, where I am, or New York, or closer states to them, uh, that are called haven states, where abortion will be uh, remaining to be safe and legal, affordable, available. Um, the problem is that the impact especially is going to be on poor women and young women, Kelly, and women of color and rural women who may not have the funds to travel to another state. They don't have the bus fare, the train fare. Uh, gas is pretty expensive for cars. They may not have the money to even fill up their tank to drive hundreds or thousands of miles to another state where they can get an abortion. Some of them can't get childcare. Some of them have children already don't want uh, and don't feel that they can support uh, another child and they need to have an abortion, but they can't take time off from work or they can't find childcare or, you know, they're afraid they'll lose their job if they take time off. Uh, so this is a, a, a it will have a significant economic impact uh, on these women and girls, and physical impact, and emotional impact, uh, and of course political impact. So it, it is really uh, it it can't be there are no words to express you know how far reaching uh, and cruel this decision is. I had uh, an abortion. Uh, before Roe v. Wade in the 1960s when I was in my 20s. 
And I know what it's like to have to get an abortion when it's not legal for a doctor or a nurse to provide it. But, you know, it is not a crime for a woman to have it. Uh, so after I was raped at gunpoint in Mexico on a vacation, I returned to California and found that it was not legal for me to get one. That is, nobody would provide it who was licensed. I got a back alley uh, person to do it who just did it for the money and then left me uh, in a bathtub hemorrhaging, you know, in my own blood in the bathtub. I uh, had a 106-degree fever. Fortunately, I, uh, an ambulance was called, uh, not by the person who gave me the abortion, and uh, I was able to ta be taken to the hospital, the 106-degree fever, packed in ice. And that is where, as I say in, in my Netflix documentary called Seeing All Red, uh, which is still streaming on Netflix. It's brilliant, I've seen it. Uh, Thank you. I, I say in the documentary that the nurse said, I hope this teaches you a lesson, because she was obviously anti-choice. And I did learn a lesson, but it wasn't the lesson she wanted me to learn. It was the lesson that abortion must be safe and legal and affordable and, uh, and available. And I have been passionately committed and dedicated ever since to doing my part to uh, support choice, choice for women. And this, you know, after 49 years in the United States of, you know, these young women and other women having the right to have legal abortions, uh, now we are going completely backwards and uh, we're going to have to take action because this is placing women and girls' lives at great risk. By the way, Kelly, I'm sure you know, but I want to emphasize that in many of these states, even a child, like let's say a 12 or 13-year-old child, who is raped by her father, that's incest, mm -hmm. she will not be permitted to get an abortion in some of these states because there's no exception it's for you know ch children or women who are raped or victims of incest. Now, that just shows you how extreme this is. And can, um, can you touch sad. on something for me, Gloria? Because I keep hearing this word over and over again, and I can't square it. Um, I keep hearing people saying that this is selfish of women uh, when you know they're when they talk about abortion. Can you touch on that? And because uh, to me, that's triggering. It's selfish. Is that what you said? Yes. With well, the other side, look, they look at it as women being selfish. Can you speak to that? You know. Look, nobody e makes this decision easily. They do it because they think it's best in their life. And, for example, teenagers who get pregnant and, you know, they want an abortion. And even if their parents in some of these states think they should be able to get an abortion and want to assist them with it, it will be illegal in those states for them to get it. Um I'm, I'm, I, look, there are people on the right wing. They have their own political agendas. They don't have sometimes motivated by whatever they believe their religion thinks. You know, uh, it's about controlling women and girls. It's about not trusting them. And, you know, we're not going to be controlled because we're going to do what's best. We think women and girls should be trusted. Not, not having strangers sitting in some state capitol or in the United States Congress a stranger deciding what is best for them or name-calling them at this difficult and vulnerable period in their life when they become pregnant. 
No, we believe in trusting women. So the question is, what action are we going to take against this extremist decision? Yeah, what, um, what, what and, can be done? Yes, because I'm all I'm an activist. I'm all about mm -hmm. action, uh, and you know we have limited options, but we do have options. And for one thing, we are going to have to remove this to some extent from the legal uh, sphere and into the political, which means that we have to do what the famous labor organizer Mother Jones said many years ago, we're going to have to organize, not agonize. And so we're going to be having rallies across this nation on Saturday, May 14th. Um, and we're, I am going to be speaking, I'll be a featured speaker in Los Angeles at the rally uh outside of city hall and you know i'm fired up ready to go and i know many others are also fired up and ready to go and we want in every election state and federal to make sure that we are voting for pro-choice uh candidates and throw out of office and not vote for any candidate who is anti-choice because we don't think that those people who believe that a fertilized egg should have more rights than an adult woman should be in office. We don't believe that they should be able to limit our choices. This choice is fundamental to us as human beings, and we are going to fight to win it. On the federal level, as President Biden said a day or so ago, you know, we need to codify Roe v. Wade. In plain English, that means pass a national law that guarantees that a woman has a right to choose legal and safe abortion. That's going to be difficult at this point because of mm -hmm. the composition of the United States Senate. But, you know, that is an option. The other thing that's important is half, Kelly, of all of the abortions in the United States are what we call medication abortions. They take a pill in the privacy of their own home. And um, that pill is available. Uh, they can get it through the mail. Uh, but they, generally, they have to have a doctor, a consultation with a doctor, which they can do on the internet, telemedicine. Uh, but now many states are, going, are trying to make it a crime for a woman to even take that pill in her own home in those states. So, or to, even if she gets it in the mail, to be able to speak to a doctor uh, on the internet that, in fact, what they would have to do is see what in person and then doctors are not allowed to, uh, to do that in some states. So this, uh, you know, we're fighting this battle on many fronts. As I said in the Netflix documentary, this is a war against women. And mm -hmm. I had some people at the time say to me, well, what do you mean by that? I don't even understand what you're saying, Gloria. And now I've had people say, I totally understand what you were saying when there's a war against women, because this is our war against women. Let me ask you this. There's something in the wording of Judge Alito's draft that raises alarms to the access of contraception in the future, that that could be next. It, is that concerning to you? Is that, is that something that you are red flagging here? Absolutely. In other words, where does this go? Now, in this draft opinion, Judge Alito tries to suggest that, look, their decision is limited to abortion. This is complete and utter nonsense as far as I'm concerned. It's not believable. Uh, he may think it. He may say it. He may try to limit it. But we are concerned 
that it is going to this this reasoning, if you can call it that, and I'll be kind to call it that, um, is is not you know if if there is no right to privacy for the right to have an abortion, then we think that the Griswold decision, meaning the right to of a marital couple to take contraceptives or any couple to use contraceptives whether it's a pill or a condom or what IUD, whatever they're using, you know, they should have a right to do that. And many people listening probably don't remember, but there was a time in this country where couples could not use contraceptives. So we're concerned that that could be against the law one day. Also, marriage equality. In other words, marriage between same-sex couples. Also, important privacy right to be able to do that, liberty right, due process right, in the United States, that could end as well with the reasoning in this decision. Also, what about marriage between interracial couples? U.S. Supreme Court case was called Loving versus Virginia. That could end. This, we're not going to go back. We refuse mm -hmm. to go back. And when we have the rally, we are going to be sure to let everyone know no justice, no peace. Gloria, I am going over time with you because I just frankly find you so incredibly, uh, you're a wealth of information. You have, uh, so much, uh, so much at stake here. Uh, you've put in the work and so you're the real deal. Let me ask you this as a lawyer. Uh, this is the first. Is this a, a first in, in U.S. history that the U.S. Supreme Court draft has been leaked? And will the, uh, Supreme Court suffer permanent damage legitimacy wise with this? Well, I know Chief Justice Roberts has said, that you know it will not impact the integrity of the court it has however <laughs> impacted the integrity of the report uh, of the court and i i do believe that justice roberts who've had the i've had the honor and pleasure of meeting and speaking with uh briefly at the u.s supreme court i i i feel that he does care about the integrity of the court but mm. this opinion which you know when the a number of the justices said in their confirmation hearings that they essentially respected precedent and that Roe v. Wade is a super precedent, meaning it's been affirmed a number of times in a number of cases. The leaking of this draft opinion is, is really unprecedented, and it has impacted the integrity of the court. And I know he's interested in doing an investigation. Uh, I'm interested in an investigation of why these justices who said one thing, according to certain U.S. senators like Senator Collins, who said she was surprised, essentially disappointed, it's not consistent with what some of the justices told her uh, when she was deciding whether to vote to confirm them or not. Uh, how about an investigation of why what they're saying now, at least if they say it in the final opinion, doesn't seem to match up with what they told the United States Senate when they were seeking to be confirmed as justices of the United States Supreme Court. Gloria, uh, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're extremely busy, and I uh, uh, will be watching to see what happens in the states. Uh, women across Canada are very concerned uh, for you and other women in the states and, and how this will um affect their lives as, as well as their loved ones' lives south of the border. So I want to thank you for joining us, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. I'd like that. Always a pleasure, Kelly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Gloria Allward, of course, is a famous attorney and champion of women's rights.